Welcome to the C3 Church Global Podcast with Phil Pringle. Phil is the founder and senior leader of C3 Church Global, a family of over 500 churches around the world. We're passionate about bringing you fresh, inspiring devotionals to fuel your day and insightful conversations on all things church and leadership. And it all starts right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome again to our C3 Global Podcast. I've got the great pleasure today of talking with Katie Haldine. Hey, Katie, how are you? Good, Pastor Phil. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah. Tell me, is it Haldine or Haldine? It's actually Haldane, like half Danish. Oh, I, I was so a, neither was right. Haldane. <laughs> Haldane, <laughs> like yeah, half Danish. It's um, and it's it. It's a weird one, so I don't mind. No, well, I've always been delighted to fellowship with you and you've worked on our team for so many years and now working in our college, C3 College, such a delight to have you on board. Uh, how are you enjoying the ride? Oh, absolutely love it. I mean, I've been on team, I was on team under PA for Mark Kelsey for 10, 12 years actually, which was just an absolute honour. And I'm just absolutely loving my new role, which is preaching and teaching manager. So, yeah, just absolutely loving being part of the C3 church family. It's amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Actually, you're looking after that theme management for the church, right? Uh, Not just for the Bible college. Yeah, correct. So my new role is to um, be across all the preaching and teaching and just be across all the series and the briefs and just to make sure biblical content and to really equip our preachers. So I do all their research um, and give them basically cheat notes every week for their preach. Fantastic. Wow, that is uh, such a a powerful resource to have and uh, such a great idea. Now, you are the co-founder and director of TYB, which stands for Trash Your Bible. Uh, Talk us through the the title of trash your Bible. Why would you start something that is actually encouraging people to read the Bible when you're saying trash your Bible? It's it's such an offensive name. And I have to say, when we first were thinking about a website to help people read their Bible, this was not the first choice. Let me just say that, Pastor Phil. Um, What happened was I was at a conference and a girl came up to me and she said, oh, you're the trash your Bible girl. And I was almost offended because I was like, what? I've never even, she said, I sat in a lecture that you did and you kept saying, come on, trash your Bible, engage. It's your life journal, write all through it. And she said, we actually ended up putting through their youth group, a trash your Bible series. And when we were praying about the website, it just kept coming up that we wanted the Bible to not be a textbook. We wanted to be a life manual. And how can we get that across in a name that is really applicable? We want it to, to almost convict and offend so that it takes the, the religious nature out of the text and make it just really fun. I actually went to Mark Kelsey because I was working for him at that time and said, I want to call it Trash Your Bible. And he's like, you cannot call it Trash Your Bible. We spent 20 minutes <laughs> trying to figure a new name, write in your Bible, journal in your Bible, scribble in your Bible. We couldn't get anything else. And I said to him, I'm going to run with Trash Your Bible until we change it. Well, we're six years later and we haven't. So it's all about writing. Do you know, Pastor Phil, it was actually an inspiration from your devotionals. 
remember when you used to do your devotionals and highlight and write and you'd put them up on your website and that's where from C3 College, I would show them an example of that and say, I want you to do that in your Bibles, write in them, journal in them, trash them. And that's where it came through. So that's where it all started. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I've, I've wrecked so many Bibles because I just can't read the scripture anymore because I've written all over it so much. And I think that really does engage you and it helps yeah. you digest, certainly digest the Bible. Yeah. And you have always been so uh, thoroughly baptized in scripture and uh, loving the scripture. And so you've been like a treasure hat of, of revelation and teaching for, for the Bible college and for all sorts of other situations. Uh, you know, when I was a young Christian, there used to, there was a, a quaint saying, if you like, uh, dirty Bible, clean Christian. <laughs> That's so, you know, Richard Forsyth said that to me. Yeah, it's, 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 the, it's that concept. <laughs> exactly. Well done. Well, yeah, you certainly have inspired a whole bunch of people to, to get into the Bible. These days, you know, I find there is a deeper hunger, not just for Scripture, but for the great theology yeah. amongst millennials and young adults and young families. How have you found that? Yeah, I completely agree. I think um, there has been a real understanding of and a real ease into wrestling with thinking through our concepts and theology just basically are the topics of God and really allowing our brain critical thought, critical review of the scriptures. The scriptures will always stand up to critical thought. They'll stand up to to, to being not critical in the sense of criticising but critical in the sense of analysing and processing it. And I think this generation wants to analyse and process it and really think it through and then have it as a life choice. And I'm, I'm happy with that. That's how I, I process, I analyse, I process with my brain. When I come to the scriptures, I love wrestling with them. It's not once in my whole Christian life have I won that debate or that battle. The Bible has always been the, the winner of truth and the corrective nature. So I, I think it's a great way of really just wrestling with the concepts of God and really understanding God. Yeah, I think that uh, we definitely should search Scripture for questions we've got about God. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that everything that I believe today came easily, exactly no. what you're saying, and I'll ask you for your specific wrestling soon too, but uh, I definitely had trouble with the idea of the Trinity at one stage. Mm. It just is beyond my my mind to grasp how there could be three persons making one God. And so I, uh, yeah. I searched Scripture, did an in-depth study on it and came out very convinced mm. uh, when I was open to the whole idea of there not being that and wanting to make sure that what we were believing was, was scriptural. And uh, it was... It was unquestionable at the end of my studies that the Holy Spirit is God, Jesus Christ yeah. is God, and the Father is God. And yeah, beautiful. Uh, though these things escape sometimes our mind's ability to put it all together, if it's there in Scripture, our, our duty is to simply believe it, submit to it, mm. rather than trying to submit Scripture to us. That would be my, my view on that. What would be one of the, the specific wrestlings that you uh you encountered with with scripture 
my my big wrestle was um, the understanding of the the nature of God. I think sometimes we can take the nature of God from our circumstances or our emotions or, you know, what happens in our life and that is the nature of God. So when things go wrong, God is bad or God is, is that's, that's making it very simplistic. For me, I had to really wrestle. God said to me um, once in my prayer time, he said, your revelation of, of my nature will reflect how you live out Christianity. So I was very much, I want to know the goodness of the nature of God and really know it from a scriptural stability point of view. So I wrestled with the nature of God. Is he loving? Is he kind? What is he like? What What is the God of the Old Testament like? What is Jesus like? So that when things happened in my life, circumstances, I didn't revert to feelings because I'm a very emotional driven person. I didn't revert to circumstances or, or evidence in my life circumstances. I reverted to the biblical text. And that for me, I had to wrestle with that. Is, is, is God good? Yes, he is. And wrestling, I love that wrestle, to be honest, because the more I found out about the nature of God, how, who he is, what he is, the more I fell in love with him. And Jesus, the more I wrestled with who Jesus was and what, what he did, the more I fell in love with him. And for me, it was a very strong security and foundation for my Christian walk. If, um, if the nature of God goes up and down with, with your emotions, then your Christianity is going to go up and down. That was for me. Absolutely. Yeah, you, we all of us need an objective guide for our lives rather than just the subjective feelings. And that's one of the most yeah. dangerous philosophies I think we've bought into today, that our feelings have enough authority for yeah. us to make major decisions about our life on where you got the Word of God standing there saying, hey, this is the way, walk in. Yeah. Tell me, Katie, uh, in terms of your own theological studies, you've now got a Bachelor of Theology and you're going for a Master's. Um, yep. How important do you think this is for Christian leaders to pursue uh, theological degrees? I think from for me, I'm a theological degree. If I can just say personally what it's done for me, it's given me a very strong, solid stability in the way I lead, the way I run in relation to my life. I think as a leader, when you don't have that theological depth. And not saying, you know, theological in the sense of being academic, but in the sense of knowing what you know about the, the things of God, knowing and, and really the depth of knowledge in Trinity, the depth of knowledge in God, in, in salvation. I think it, it brings a very strong stability to your leadership. You're not shifting with culture. You're not changing with culture when you have that 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 essence of, of study and you've really wrestled with these concepts, like Jacob wrestling with the with God, you will walk differently because you walk with a stability of really knowing these things and having known them. For me too, it brought a balance because I realised that I was very biased in my, in my way of thinking where studying theology opens you up to different opinions, different ways of thinking things that really gives you an understanding of critical thought you're not just, your knowledge isn't just imposed on you. You don't just believe everything that is being said. As a leader, understanding, processing, critical thought, getting two points of view, wrestling with the text yourself and getting an answer, that for me was invaluable. It matured me. It made me more aware of, of both sides of the argument. And also it made me more aware of and confident in my decisions because I'd done the study behind it. So for me, it was a maturity thing and a stability Fantastic. Yeah. And so now you are teaching in, in the college. What areas do you teach and what do you enjoy the most? Um, teaching um, advanced Bible. So I take all the third years through a whole year. 
and I teach New Testament first years because it is my all-time favourite class. As much as I am a New Testament scholar through and through, I adore the books of the New Testament. So I think for me, I would sway towards my New Testament class uh, as much as I adore my advanced Bible students. Um, because the New Testament, when you really wrestle with the historical context of these books, when you read the Bible as a collection of books, not a collection of verses, and that's what we teach the first year, it's a collection of books. It's not a collection of verses. It's, it's, it's something that you read holistically as a book. And I think I love the New Testament. The New Testament has got so much to speak into our today. It's so much to speak into our culture. It's so relevant. It's so practical. I love the students where they realize that this is not just a textbook that you go to every now and then, but it is practically relevant for every area of our life. Um, so yeah, I guess New Testament would be my favorite. Yeah, and and you are one of the all-time favorite preachers slash teachers in both church and the Bible college. I mean, whenever Katie Heldy is being announced to preach, there's always the big shout. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> going, wow. And uh, and I always hear just such great reports about you. So we are super blessed, I feel, to have you in C3 College and uh, one of the main lecturers at C3 College Online Right around the world, people can get a hold of the Katie Haldine magic and uh, get that <laughs> hunger, that thirst, that enthusiasm, that excitement about Scripture. And uh, you really are. You are infectious. You, uh, you know, people, they get, the, they get the virus of a love for the Word of God from the way that you speak. And so Treasure Bible is so like hand in glove for for you and the, and the calling of God on you. And where do you see it all going for you, Katie? This whole uh, teaching the word, bringing the word. I think you're being involved with you, the Bible, uh, the Bible app and uh, a, a bunch of other things with the Bible Society, etc. Where do you see uh, this traveling in terms of the the church's appreciation mm. for I scripture, etc.? I think definitely for me, um, there is a, a fresh awareness of wrestling and going back to the scriptures. For me personally, I love, um, I don't think academics is supposed to be separate to the church. We're not supposed to be ivory tower academics, theologians sitting in one room wrestling with these concepts. I think the academics are now realising that our gift to teach and to be academics is to help the body of Christ. And I love the fact that churches now are realising, so for example, C3SYD, I come into the conversation and Pastor Alex will say to me, Katie, give me a biblical understanding of this topic and I will do all the research, all the academics, all the stuff behind it. Right. Just for everybody's information, Alex is uh, the senior minister of C3SYD and so uh, that's what who Katie's referring to when she says I come in and talk with Alex about, you know, scriptures of the themes that they've chosen. I mean, uh, I've found that the preparation for messages over the past few years has be, has become a different exercise. So that once upon a time, I would just sit on my own during the week and think through what God was wanting to say, develop a series, and then just do the study and bring that message on the weekend. But in the, in the last 10 years, we have sat around a table and been so much more collaborative uh, mm. in terms of getting these messages together. And so I, we have uh, decided what we feel uh, God is saying to the church, not just one person, but all of us. Uh, 
add to that, what does the church need in its diet for right now uh, in terms of what is happening in lives and from just the pastoral feedback uh, we can decide whether marriages, relationships, or finances, or whatever, is affecting our, our people and what they need to hear. So we combine that with that, and then to understand what is current to everybody's world right now um, in in society, politically, uh, socially, and mixing those those elements together, I think. Mm. Uh, in a collaborative environment, we start to form up a message that is relevant to and and from God for for our congregations. And I think yeah. this is really important uh, in the yeah. South that it isn't just one person sitting in a room alone, but actually we are writing together. And it's fascinating. I know we talk about the the letters of Paul, but it's rare that Paul ever wrote a letter on his own. It's, yeah. it's the letters of a collaborative group all sitting mm. there together and someone would come back and say to Paul, look, yeah, the Corinthians are in a mess. they got 11 yeah. questions here or all these questions and, and we need to bring answers to them. And th- and they'd bring reports and they'd contribute to it. And so then Paul would say, we have, you know, formed this letter together. And I think that's a really important change that has come yeah and i think too it's it's releasing people in their gifts i don't come up with these themes like you said pastor phil the pastors get involved everyone gets involved then they hand it to me as the teacher and say okay pat it out write it out and then it's not saying we're giving the preachers a script the preachers then pray over it get fresh manner fresh revelation and then they're preaching it on a sunday so it's this beautiful team effort of the body of christ working together to equip the saints, basically what the ministry gifts was all about, all of us equipping the church. And um, it's been really fun and, and really exciting to see this fresh new way of doing series and preaching. Yeah, and everybody gets to contribute. I, I know where, there are times when I've come back from a trip overseas or something and uh, when James was the location pastor down at SYT, I'd ring him up and say, what am I preaching on this weekend? And... Uh, <laughs> I'd get the notes and the research and everything. And then you simply uh, start to digest that. And I'm the senior minister, but, you know, I mean, we have agreed beforehand, these are the themes and these are the contributors and this is how we're going to do it. And then, as you, as you yep. say, you pray on it, you look at it and you make it your own and throw in yeah. what you're feeling uh, the Holy Spirit is, is emphasising out of that message that you can bring it home. And uh, I just feel that that sense of united working together uh, brings a far Mm. clearer and more uh, holistic voice to our congregations without any any shadow of a doubt. And especially just checking through the theology. I know also uh, when we were creating albums, uh, worship albums, uh, I would always make sure that we we viewed all the words in those songs to make sure we were getting them theologically correct. And I think there are a a variety of expressions that we just need to make sure that we are actually presenting things that hold up under scrutiny. Yeah, and I think that the teacher or the academic, this is the thing, 
I'm not coming in to correct or to overlord, but to just bring this sense of um, almost like a gate. Right. It's like I've just checked the new album that they're doing. I'm not here to correct or to stifle their creative gift, but to just go through their song lyrics and say, okay, that word there it needs a little bit of tweaking. Um, and it's just basically a, a check before it goes out because, again, when you sing, you're learning that theology, and if that theology is incorrect, then then we've got to correct it somewhere else. So it's, it's a beautiful – it's such an honour to do this role because it's such a great, fun role, releasing the teachers into what, what – we love to do. Yeah. In fact, some of the the, the great old hymns uh, were, were really responsible for carrying a, yeah. a major part of the current day theology and teachings that they were wanting to get into their people's lives. Because as you sing something, it, uh, just repeating those words really gets it instilled inside of you more than just hearing. And so I think yeah. the, the, the theology of our worship needs to come under, you know, scrutiny and we, we just make sure that what we're singing and, and leading our people into singing is so important. And I, I do believe that the worship part of all of our church services is super important because we are mm. putting into people's minds and hearts songs that they are going to keep singing themselves throughout the day. And so those people are, yeah. our people are going to be filled with the Spirit, developing theology and thinking according to those songs. And so it is, it becomes pretty important. And I said to Dan Kroetz the other day, I said, somebody will probably more likely remember your song than my preaching. <laughs> Let's be honest. They're not going to remember the 20 minutes of my preaching. They're going to remember your song. So that's why it's so vital that, that what they are actually memorizing through the week through that song just has a quick theological check on it so that we've got it based in scripture yeah um, because again the word of god is is more powerful than just our own words so exactly yeah. you know katie um uh, one of the things that concerns me i guess as i've listened to i listen to a few podcasts each each week and uh various messages it has it has almost distressed me sometimes uh, as to how little Scripture there are in some messages. I mean, there might be a quote yeah. from C.S. Lewis, a, a, um, a poem from some guy, and then a, a, an insight from someone else, and and just no no real body of scripture. And I I feel that the, as a preacher, my primary role is to actually preach scripture, to preach the word of God, yeah. to put as many and and mm. that is simply to quote it and to let the Word of God do the work. It's the seed, it's the hammer, it's the fire, it's the water, it is so many things. And if I'm just preaching my own opinions and the opinions of others and the quotes of, of humans, I'm, I, I think I'm uh, not maximising what God has called us to do as preachers, which is to actually take Scripture and to preach it, and I love being expository in my in, in preaching, just unfolding mm. scriptures uh, through passage after passage. And I find that in that, it is the food of the Word of God. And and honestly, when I look at what is happening in C three in the college, in the schools, and the the planting, the, the number of churches that are getting planted, the number of people getting saved, I would attribute a major part of that to the fact that we have put scripture uh, into our preaching and communications as a priority, more so than just yep. talking our opinions. 
Yeah, I 100% agree. I remember when I was a, a young um, youth pastor and I, I preached something and I remember just coming home praying over it and just getting this sense and this understanding that that my words are not have no power and God cannot fulfill the promises that I say in my own words. He only fulfills the promises of the Word of God. Mm. And he said to me, Katie, you made promises in your own you know, thematic preaching and and God's going to do this and God's going to do that. And unless it's the word of God, it doesn't have that power. God doesn't back anything that's not the word of God. So if we come up with these amazing messages and we're inspiring people, but not allowing, there's no power behind that inspiration. I think the Bible is the is the power of God. And so when we're preaching the word of God, it's backed with the power of God. When we're preaching just inspirational messages, there is no power in it to actually fulfill it. Yeah. So we've got to make sure that we are preaching the word of God. I, and that is so true. And I think the entire tenor of Scripture the the tone, the mm. overall tone needs to be reflected rather than us selecting scriptures that are suiting our our leaning, our bent, yeah. whatever it is, that we actually grasp the whole tone. And I feel sometimes we have a very consumeristic uh, gospel, a very aspirational gospel that doesn't really reflect the whole tone of what Jesus was saying. Uh, I mean, he said, lay down mm. your life and take up your cross and follow me. But <laughs> We don't hear a lot of that. We hear, oh, God's going to bless you. God's going to help you. God's got a plan for you. God wants to fulfill your dreams, et cetera. And I, I do believe all that, but it's, it's uh, not mm. the entire picture. There's uh, sometimes where God won't answer your prayers. There are days when your, your dreams yeah. actually going to be put on hold. And, uh, and it's more important that we lay down our life and pick up our cross and yield and submit yeah. to the Lord and uh, do His will, not ours. And then He's able to fulfill some of those dreams that were in our lives. But as long as we're at the center of a very meistic kind of gospel, we've missed the point of what that Mm. message of Scripture. And so I I think when I say we've got to preach Scripture, it's not just verse by verse. It's actually the whole tone of of the New Testament uh, if we can get that yeah. in our preaching, I'd call that the voice or the word of God uh, in a holistic way. Mm. It's like Paul says in Galatians, and which makes me very nervous as a preacher that you can you can preach a different gospel, a wow. gospel that's not full. He and, and it's as I'm reading Galatians, I'm getting the correction of you have to preach the fullness of the gospel. You have to preach the 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 bad seemingly, the blessing side of things, because that's where you equip and in your power, your people in fullness. If, if you're only preaching one section that you have a personal bias or slant towards, then they're going to encounter something in their life and not be equipped for it. You're thinking, and every time I'm preaching, and you do this really well, Pastor Phil, you are preaching the balance of gospel message, the power of God in suffering, the power of God in trials, the power of God in blessing, the power of God in all these things, the, so that they are fully equipped for the works of the ministry. Yeah. It's, it's our job to get them ready. And I think sometimes when we just preach what we have as a personal bias, we're not taking into account the fullness of our congregation that we're preaching to. We've got to preach to the fullness. Yeah. I think we've uh, sometimes created a, a difficulty for ourselves trying to reach people who've never met Jesus and to teach the saints at the yeah. same time on a Sunday morning. 
And generally, we've opted for yeah, meeting people's felt needs, which is right. Jesus did that, heal the sick and, you know, look after people, bless them and help them when with their their felt needs to draw them towards the gospel. Once they were healed, they'd say, I'll follow you. And, and so when we do that, the Christians sitting in front of us think, they start to develop a thing, God's there for me, rather than I'm here for God. Yeah. And that Jesus laid down his life for me yeah. rather than I need to lay down my life for him. And, and so we have a savior, but not a Lord. We have, we have Jesus as savior, but we, we gotta move people on to getting the entire scripture. And I talk about that in uh, my latest book, Disciple, uh, which I feel like is important for people to get a hold of mm. uh, simply because that is where the fullness and the deepest meaning of life is actually going to happen. Uh, we're not going to discover a full life when it's all about ourselves. We will discover that when we are emptying ourselves towards God and helping other people and living for Him. Mm. And that's, I love that moment, Pastor Phil, when you're reading the Bible and it offends you. It, 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 it's, it's that moment where, and I, I lean into that because that's when my flesh is, is coming under the submission of the authority of the, the Bible where I'm uncomfortable with it, where it, where it deals with sin, where it deals with these things. And I think sometimes, even as preachers, we shy away from the uncomfortable um, in our messages when really we need to teach people to lean into that moment because, like you're saying, he needs to become Lord and submission is about God telling you things that you don't want to hear sometimes, yeah. correcting things in your life that you don't want to be corrected. That's discipleship. Um, so I love those moments. And I think I think that begins with repentance way, you know, way back when we're starting yeah. to follow Jesus, just to embrace the idea that repentance is me taking God's side against myself and in and smiling yeah, about that. it. <laughs> and I think, yeah, yeah, you got me there. Re- that- repentance is, <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes repentance, even today, we were talking about it, we're like, you know, repentance is something we don't preach on because it's it seems offensive, but it, it's so, it's such a powerful thing. I was studying the other day, Pastor Phil, in James, where it says, um, you know, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will flee. And because the submission thing is such a kind of moment of, oh, submit to the Lordship of God. No, Jesus is just my best friend. We do the resisting of the devil and he's not fleeing because there's so much power in that repentance and submission. That is what Satan is actually fleeing from. The, 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 The submission to God, the repentant heart before God, can resist the devil and he will flee because he's not like a saying he's not resist he's not fleeing from your resistance he's fleeing from your submission <laughs> and i think sometimes when we preach that it preaches the power of the gospel because people don't want to hear about submission and repentance but it really is the key it is the key i mean we only have as much authority as we're submitted to and uh yeah and so uh well, it's a delight to talk to you, Katie. And, uh, you know, it is, I know people would love to hear more from you. So they can go to what, uh, your Instagram feed at uh, Trash Your Bible? At Trash Your Bible, yep, absolutely. Or they can jump on www.trashyourbible.com where there's plenty of videos that they can hear more from me. <laughs> yeah, and so Trash Your Bible is Katie Haldine. It's not so, uh, an official website or something. 
Uh, yeah, so Treasure Bible is all my videos and basically I help run through the whole, every book of the Bible with historical context and um, it's a lot of fun. Fantastic. And uh, Katie, as, as I said, we're blessed to have you at C3 College, both uh, in person and online. And uh, anybody listening who wants to find out more about that, you can go to C3 College at the, the website or follow us on Instagram. You'll find out all, all about us in there. Katie, what a delight to be talking with you. Always a pleasure. And we'll look forward to chatting again soon. Thanks so much, Pastor Phil. It's been great. God bless. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the C3 Church Global Podcast. Let us know what you thought by leaving a review and connect with us on Instagram at C3 Church Global. We hope you'll be back real soon.